Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. So I got a treat for you guys today. I, I actually have an interview with uh, with a legend in the, in the programming software development industry. If you know of agile development, uh, you, you know of Bob Martin, Uncle Bob as he's affectionately called. And he's someone who, uh, if you've read my books, uh, you've, you've no doubt been introduced to him because I always, always talk about clean code, uh, especially, and uh, agile principles, practices, and patterns. Uh, basically, anything that that uh, that Uncle Bob has done, I, I'm always uh, I'm always sharing in my books and recommending that you read. So, um, so uh, I think I think you're going to like what what we're going to talk about today. So, uh, <laughs> thanks thanks for joining, Bob. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, John. I mean, you know how how many times do you have to twist my arm or send me <laughs> packages of meats and flowers or or something to get me to do something? <laughs> I don't know if you guys know the story, but but he uh, he wrote me a letter asking me to write a forward, and I I I begged away and said, "Oh, I'm so busy, I really can't." And then he started sending me stuff in the mail and packages or something. All right, I'll do the forward. <laughs> it worked was, out pretty well. It's a good book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate. It, it was funny. I actually got um. I, I really liked the forward that you wrote because I, I felt like that that really encompassed the spirit of the book, which is you know, or, or just kind of like who I am is like you know keep on going, like don't 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 give up. Yeah. And um, it's funny though, but there are some people that took the forward as a negative thing, like oh he just pestered Bob until he did this and and. The <laughs> <laughs> th- those people are not part of my audience. It, it's uh, I'm a very polarizing person on on YouTube. Are you really? <laughs> are you polarizing <laughs> well but see you're you're kind of polarizing too right i mean oh, little old me <laughs> little old me who has no opinions on anything no i'm not a polarizing character at all you're the only person who i get sucked into the facebook post i, do, I don't <laughs> i don't like i don't comment much except to like you know say like one or one or two things but um <laughs> but it's but you you get some long like i mean you you really really get um get uh, a lot of people that are very left left uh leaning really agitated <laughs> uh well okay that that does seem to happen yes mm. and, and i also get a few right ones <laughs> agitated. yeah <laughs> yep, yep true so um so yes yeah, so I, I thought it'd be it'd be interesting to, to talk a little bit about what um uh what's been going on a little bit with the uh the whole uh, i noticed um it was funny because someone pointed me to a link on on your blog post on the um, on the social justice war, the SJW uh, thing that that you had, you had written. Yes. And the first time I looked at the blog post, I just read it, 
and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, this is this is interesting, right? And uh, I didn't even notice that there was a link at the top to one of my videos where yeah. I was was <laughs> talking about how they had had done that thing with November with Douglas Crock Crockford. But then yeah. I, I went back and looked. Someone said, oh yeah, that's cool. He linked to one of your videos, and I was like, oh, I didn't even see that because it was you know right at the top. So, what what what's the story with that that whole thing? What happened there? I was. Um... Let's see, where was it? I was at a conference in Greece uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I met a fellow there that I knew really well, uh, Sandra Mancuso. You probably know or have heard of him. Mm -hmm. He wrote a, a lovely book on software craftsmanship a while ago. And he and I were sitting down. He, he started telling me this, this story of Doug Crockford. And I thought, well, wait a minute how did that happen and so i started looking it up when i got home and um then I, I ran into your post as well and that kind of triggered me i thought well okay this is something that has happened to me as well although not as not nearly as tragically as with doug crockford uh, if that if tragic is the right word um but not nearly as dramatically and i thought you know i, I want to just say something about this and so i wrote that blog post and, uh, you know, I used wording in there that I don't usually use. I think I was a little more agitated than normal. Um, so I, th I think the blog post caused a, a fair bit of stir. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I mean, I mean, after that blog post, uh, from what I understand, you're getting DDoS on your server and like. Uh, oh, yeah. it was very interesting. Um, so the, the whole story I told about Doug Crockford in there is. It's how, you know, the guy out of the blue gets these people who want him disinvited from a conference and, and they're not going to him. They're going to the right. conference organizers. And, and frankly, I thought the con conference people who disinvited him were kind of spineless. Mm -hmm. um, and I said that in my blog post. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I, I would stand behind those words because you don't just invite someone and then disinvite them without talking to them and trying to get the whole problem resolved. So here are these people going behind the scenes in a sneaky kind of way uh, to affect this guy's career in a negative way. And you know, well, that's, that's just, it's just ugly. And then after that blog post, here they come after me. I kind of expected that. But, you know, past employers of mine start getting phone calls and I get emails oh, from these past employers saying, you know, what the hell's going on here, Bob? Why are these people threatening us? And, and uh, you know, there's, wow. there's uh, other people saying, well, I'm I'm pulling out of any conference that I that oh, Bob Martin is in and, you know, making these public statements. And, and I, you know, wow. And, and then to top it all off, um, there's this denial of service attack on my, on cleancoders.com which was pretty well ineffective. They did manage to fill up a few log files, which, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. okay, you want to hit my site a billion times? Okay, go ahead, you know, I'll delete the log files, fine, thank you. Um, and it lasted, I guess, a, a day and a half, and then they got tired and stopped. But it was just, it was just silliness, right? They're sitting there banging away. <laughs> they, they, they had obviously recruited a, a, a bunch of bots, and just we're flailing away at the website. And it's uh, it's indicative of um, this attitude that if your cause is just, then law doesn't matter. Morals right. don't matter. Standards don't matter. 
you must take down the evildoers uh, at all costs. You must in invoke every agency to take down the evil people. Uh, and, you know, that's that's not the way our society works. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I actually did a video a while back on, on you know, the ends justifying or the means justifying the ends. Yeah. And it, it's like, all, you know, if you look historically throughout society, I mean, most of the major, quote, villains or horrific things that have happened in, in history have happened because someone thought that the means justified the end. And then by by how you implement the means twists your soul almost to some degree where your ends actually change at the, you know, and it's 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 amazing to see that we're in this place now kind of in society where people are 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 doing this that they're using shame and and whatever it takes to get their end it doesn't matter how morally decrepit it is you know de dehumanizing a lot of dehumanizing I, I i just see that all over and it's 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 scary it's really scary yeah it's very scary uh and the, the dehumanizing factor is is becoming more intense as i as i continue to ply the facebook uh, universe, um, the number of people who who are saying the most extreme and outlandish things uh, is multiplying. Yeah. And I, I, I had a policy, which I upheld for many years, which is that I would not block anyone. Right. And I have I have abandoned that policy. I, I cannot any longer stand to see some of the posts by people that i respect people right. who have done good things even in our industry people who's who uh, in any other circumstance i think i would enjoy being with but i i i can't tolerate it any longer so i i've, I've resorted to just turning the turning the faucet off on those people that are so far out that they cannot speak civilly they cannot be rational in a discussion Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it, it's really it's really amazing. I, it's it's funny too. I did um, I interviewed James Demore, the, oh, the yeah. manifesto guy. So I interviewed him on this channel, and I got I got a pretty good amount of backlash from that. I mean, it definitely definitely a lot of people unsubscribed, and those were the people that I suppose I don't really want in my audience anyway. But um, but it's 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 just amazing how like and it was it was interesting to see. I mean people don't realize how bad this is until you're the target of it once you become the target of the bullying and and the shaming then then people see how how it is and 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 it's so the only a, a lot of people end up cowering to it because because they're like well you know it's not worth my my career or it's not worth my life i'm not you know sure. someone else can fight this battle and um and and so yeah so so that's how they win and it's uh, it's it's amazing just to, just to think that we're in this <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's ironic too because it's usually the same people that are preaching tolerance they're they're tolerant of everything except for people who are intolerant and uh, by their definition by, yeah, their, by definition, their definition right yeah. so yeah <laughs> it is not tolerance um to use any means at your disposal to take someone down. Right. Right. In our society, the way we deal or the way we should deal with disagreement is to disagree. Um, the best the best solution to a bad idea is a better idea. Uh, and and unfortunately, the folks who are engaging in these tactics apparently don't have a better idea because 
because they must they must resort to these subversive tactics instead, which I find um, puzzling. You know, we've we've had this society, this this uh, Western civil society for a good long time now, and we've gone through a number of ups and downs and and strange gyrations, and we actually fought a war with each other a hundred and some odd years ago. Um, but through the 50s and 60s and 70s, it was it was relatively calm. The 60s were a pretty bad era, actually, so I probably shouldn't say that. Maybe the 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was relatively calm. And now we've got this really interesting polarization going on. And of course, you know, Donald Trump is a factor in this and Hillary Clinton is a factor in this and, and the, the, just the whole crazy political nonsense that we've been experiencing for the last 10 years is a, uh, a factor in this. And everybody seems to have taken sides and joined a tribe mm-hmm. and civil discussion is getting very difficult. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and I, I would say that what what appears to me to be one of the accelerators of this is is things like social media is facebook because you have the because you have the ability to only see what you want to see and to to have so much reinforcement of your views and ideas but, but you know even no matter how how bad they are right it's like the more communication that people have that it's, it's almost it almost reminds me of like the tower of babylon it's like <laughs> the more that people can communicate the more that they can like very much dig their trenches. The poor Babel fish by effectively removing all barriers of communication caused more and bloodier wars than anything else in history. <laughs> it's, there we go, I didn't even make when, that, that connection. When you really know what people believe. <laughs> yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There you go. <laughs> very nice. But uh, yeah, well, I, I, it's unfortunate that you had to uh, you know, to to get the the backlash of that, but um, but I'm glad that you stood up and and that and you know and I think you know if there's any consolation, I think maybe more people became aware because I think a lot of people were shocked to see that you know what people were doing to you, <laughs> especially calling past employers. I'm like, do you realize that Bob Martin doesn't need a <laughs> doesn't need a job? <laughs> He's like a, He's a famous, you know, he, he just runs his own company. Like, what are you doing calling his past employer? Like, <laughs> come on. I, I mean, there was the, the negative side, of course, was the attacks and, and, yeah. and the, uh, the nasty secret rumor mongering stuff behind the scenes. But I was, I was very gratified. There was a very large cohort of people who stood up and said, hey, what the heck do you think you guys are doing? And I think that had much more um, of a, an effect in shutting it all down. Yeah, because it did get shut down. It just went away. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, that that's good. It's. Uh, it, it's something though that I think that I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll we'll see where this plays out. I, I'm just curious where this will go with with society. And it's also it's interesting just in tech. It's um. I've I've definitely been. <laughs> I um in my in my latest book I I have a chapter on women in tech and I have one on dealing with prejudice and discrimination. And those are, are either very popular chapters or very not very popular chapters at all. <laughs> it's very difficult to say stuff about that uh, without offending a very large fragment of the society. Because uh, oh, everybody yeah. has their theories on why, you know, why are, why are the number of programmers um, 97% women in the Western world? 
what is driving that crazy statistic? Uh, and I don't know the answer to that. And I've asked a bunch of women and I've asked a bunch of men. Uh, no one can really give me a satisfying answer to that. And I've written a number of articles about it, trying to express my views. I always get in trouble when I do. Right. Well, yeah, but, there's no there's no solution. To, I mean, there's um, I mean, it's in, in, in my in my book, I, I talk about just the idea that like got, got mostly I mean, yes, there's maybe some societal constructs. But well, here's the other thing, too. Like if you think about this society as it exists is part of the evolutionary process as well. Right. I mean, uh, like ants that live in a colony or bees that live in a colony, their societal constructs are actually part of the evolution. You can't have the evolution of an ant or a bee without their societal construct as, as well. So whether it is nature or nurture, doesn't matter. They're the same thing, actually. Uh, and then and then the idea is just it's very simple. I mean, I, I, at least in my mind, I mean, this is my opinion, but but men and women are different and they have different interests and you know there's a you know I, I mean there's a lot less hairdressers that are men and if the hairdressers are men there's a higher percentage of them that are gay or effeminate that's just i, I didn't like i didn't invent this world <laughs> like i you know you can kill me for for reporting the facts but that's that's just you know just shows that there are a lot of a lot of areas that where there's more of a it appeals more to men and some things appeal more to women and some of it has to do with society, but some of it doesn't. Some of it is just, that's just how it, how it laid out. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more yeah. got fired for saying that. Um, yeah. And so you've expressed an interesting opinion, right? And it's, and it's, mm. um, it's an opinion that says, well, gee, maybe there is some kind of innate uh, biological reason for what we are seeing. Uh, and maybe that's true and maybe it's not, but it's certainly worth talking about. Right. It's not worth shutting down the conversation because you don't agree with, with this idea. Now, I mean, the counter to that idea is that in the 1950s, half the programmers were women. Uh, all of the programmers on the ENIAC were women and they were doing pretty, pretty, pretty techie stuff you know that was patch right. panel programming that wasn't you know writing a little bit of java on a laptop these guys were hooking wires up together they were serious technical people um the the word compiler was coined by a woman the very first compiler ever written was written by a woman what has happened to cause this transition is it some kind of biological innate thing or is it some kind of societal structure or as you say is it that you can't take those two apart that right. they evolved separately and and i don't know the answer to it uh but i think that the conversation is worth having oh yeah not yeah. getting fired over <laughs> <laughs> exactly well see and that's the thing is like you know i i'm i'm you know, I don't know. A lot of people call me sexist, racist, whatever. All the all the isms, right? That I'm I'm one of these. You know, all the isms, whatever they are, and and I, I don't I don't like you know a lot of the uh, you know I I don't I don't like a lot of the the things that that certain people represent, right? So I don't like I don't like white supremacists, but I like that they can speak. And, and, and it seems weird because, you know, I think a lot of people today, they're like, well, no, 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 no. If something is so bad, we shouldn't even give any voice to it at all. We should, we should just, and, you know, there's a, there's a really good book by a, a, an English philosopher uh, called John, 
on liberty, John Stuart Mills. Yeah. And in that book, I mean, he just details out the reasons why you have to let even the, the worst opinion, the, the worst idea be expressed. And one of the big things that he says is because how do you know that your idea is good if you're not hearing the counter, right? I mean, you, you, like you, you, it's just an echo chamber. And, and it's amazing, you know, that there's, there's certain ideas. To me, it's like there, there's a lot of repre reprehensible ideas and people in, in this world. Sure. But I want them to speak. Well, one, so I can understand, so I can know who my enemy is, <laughs> identify him, rather than people holding these ideas deep inside them and not expressing them. And you don't know who the enemy is or what they think. And two, so I can actually use that as a, as a, a sharpening block to sharpen my my uh, my ideas again, so that I know that they're that they are correct. And, and the history has reversed ideas. I mean, back in in the time of of John Stuart Mills and, and slightly before then. I mean, what the well, not I mean, not too long ago before then, we were burning people at the stake as a society <laughs> because because they they uh, didn't believe all of the doctrines of the church exactly one hundred percent. And that was everyone was in agreement with that. I mean, for the most part, that was like the populace of society said yes this is cool we love we we definitely want to burn these people like we don't want to hear what they have to say so <laughs> <laughs> you said something there that i think is really important which is you know how do i know that my ideas are any good if i cannot express them and right. test them against your ideas so you know the white supremacist wants to get up and talk well you know am i going to listen to him carefully probably not uh, you know, I'll, I'll hear a couple of words that he has to say and then and then go, well, I'm you know, this guy's this guy's out to lunch. Never mind. But he ought to be able to say it and see my reaction and then maybe hear the counter proposal or the counter idea. And maybe that person or will 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 begin to think otherwise. If you cannot express an idea, the ideas get trapped. Right. They can't come out. They can't get adjusted. They can't get maneuvered. Uh, but if you can express ideas, there can be a, a shift in either in, in the bad ideas. Again, it comes back to this idea that the uh, uh, the best solution to a bad idea is a better idea, right. not shutting down the bad idea. Yeah, it's it's that calibration process, right? Yeah. I mean, like you're you're a professional speaker. You speak on stage, and it's it's much easier to speak when you're on and you record videos. And and I mean, you tell me, right? I mean, I in my opinion, it's easier to speak on stage than it is to speak into a video camera because you got feedback. You can calibrate your message, and and a lot of things that I think are a good idea in my head until once I say them out loud, I'm like, nope, that was not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Easier to speak on stage. That's certainly true um, for me. Yeah, I, you know, I'll get in front of a crowd, and and that's uh, my favorite place to be. Right, and yeah. I'll just start to speak. The the trap there is that you can get caught in the feedback cycle. Okay, and then start saying things you didn't really mean to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the filter starts to go to turn off if you've got the crowd reaction going, and you can get the crowd excited about something. So. It's um, it is a, an interesting risk that speakers like myself uh, are faced with. They have to, I have to constantly look at what I'm saying and look at the crowd reaction and try and keep it on track. Right. Interesting, interesting challenge for a speaker. A little bit into the weeds for this discussion, but no, that uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I've definitely had similar 
experiences i've i've been known to yell on stage and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but but it's fun but I, I i agree with you there's no better like uh you know feeling than being on stage and and especially when you're riling the crowd up to some degree so yeah well you know you and i share that same personality defect yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so uh so yeah so you know i i don't know i mean it's 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 interesting i i totally agree with what you're saying though that it's like again we're everyone's gonna have different opinions and that's fine but we've got to be able to express those opinions without without the shaming i mean and that's the other thing is like i was thinking about this in terms of racism too it's like if someone's racist i want them to to say it in in a place of 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 almost safety like like to why, why they're racist right because here's the thing if if some dude is racist and he doesn't say anything and he's just secretly racist right and he's just secretly treating people of certain you know whatever ethnicity or race differently and 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 in his head he's like mm, i don't like this you know you know racial slur racial slur whatever um it, it it's it does no good to, to society but but if he feels like okay i could i could say this and i could say why i'm racist and he could say i don't like this group of people you know why and and then when you ask him and he's and he's and you and, and you say why and he says well you know when i was 12 right and he'll come <laughs> back to that story. when i was 12 you know i lived in this neighborhood and my father did you know worked and and, and these people they came in and they did this and i always got beat up and all this right and then you're like oh really Okay, so so now we can actually have a dialogue because he feels safe to say that, and then maybe maybe you have some chance of 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 making him realize that that racism was just some 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 bullshit that he w was carrying around with him, some baggage, and and there there's no need to take this out on a whole. It's not all people are like that, but if he doesn't have that opportunity, if it's like oh he can't say anything because oh that's so horrible, you know what I mean? Then then he's never going to that 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 understanding never takes place because he's just prejudged right on something that we, we all have stereotypes we all are prejudiced to some degree and it's it's an innate biological wiring that happens because of events in our lives it's just like you know people have phobias of 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 different when people develop phobias it's because they had some kind of tra traumatic event in their life that caused them to become uh, fearful of that thing we're wired to to do that and yeah. so it's amazing that you know i mean like i i, I would rather again it's it's not like like I want racists just you know <laughs> like I want more race but I feel like if you if you shame people what what you do is you kind of like they're they're like well yeah see I told you everybody hates exactly me. exactly especially then, if you yeah. secretly especially if you if you break the rules to shut someone down intentionally you're just proving their point for them yeah like all of a sudden they say oh yeah the evil forces are attacking me I must have been right all along. There's no engagement in ideas. It turns into a war of actions. And that's that's a, a bad outcome. I, I, I had an experience once. Uh, I was in England and I was giving a talk. And uh, I put up a picture of Grace Hopper, uh -huh. uh, the first woman who, uh, who wrote a, the first person to ever write a compiler, the person who coined the word compiler. And I was, I was making that point and I had a picture of her up and she was wearing the uh, the hat that uh, was common for women in the Navy. And out of my mouth came these words, oh, there's Grace Hopper in her little hat. Okay. I, okay. Okay. And it, I didn't think a thing of it, right? The words yeah. just came out and I was going on. And it was, you know, one little kind of funny joke or something like that. 
Afterwards, um, a woman that I know very well came up to me and said, um, you know, that was hurtful. Um, it's hard enough for women in our in our industry. And a little statement like that from a, a, a someone of your stature really hurts. And I, I thought about that. I thought, you know, she was dead right. I got caught up in the moment and I said something that I didn't mean to be pejorative, but came out that way. And so I wrote a nice little apology and, you know, published it and, and sent it around. Um, without her feedback, very personally, looking in the eye, yeah, I never would have acknowledged that. I wouldn't have understood it. Just, I would have, I probably would have gotten on stage and said it again because it got a good reaction. You know, the crowd, the crowd kind of went hitty, 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 you know, they were laughing a little bit without her coming to me and just very kindly and forthrightly telling me I, I wouldn't have been able to change my opinion but she, uh, she did it the right way right uh, and yeah. she um she came to me and she made it clear and, and i thought oh yeah yeah okay so without the free exchange of ideas ideas can't change exactly right and 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 the way that that it's all about the way that it's done i think too and it, i mean I, I i might push back myself on the on the hat thing i still think it's a pretty innocent little comment but 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 i can but i can see the point but but that's the right way to go about it right and, and it's you know, all i could have had grady booch up there and said oh look look at his little goatee uh but yeah but it was worthwhile for her to come to me and say you know that was Given the situation in our industry and given the struggles that women have, that's probably not the right thing to say at that time. I could I could talk about Grady Booch and, and complain about his beard and, and it doesn't matter because men right. are ninety-seven percent of, of programmers, right? So it's not going to be affecting the position of men in our industry, but talking about Grace Hopper's little hat could discourage yet one more woman. And I don't want to discourage any women from being programmers. We need all the women we we need all the people. Right we can get <laughs> as, as I said, we don't have enough we don't have enough I, good ones as i said uh i i talked about in my book i said um you know if i if i'm in the choice between hiring you know two equally qualified people and one of them's a, a smelly fat guy that hasn't showered in three days and another one is a, is a pleasant smelling woman i'm gonna hire the woman <laughs> So, so I'm gonna totally agree with with you. I want to sit next to someone who smells good, right? So, um, you know, <laughs> but all um, being equal, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. All all other things being equal, but yeah, you know, I I think it's it's kind of funny. I actually came across this, and I, I'm 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 sort of on the fence on on it because you know, it to some degree, I'm I'm my my counter argument would be okay. We need to if we really want want equal you know, opportunity, then we need to treat men and women kind of equally as well. So like, we can't be sensitive to saying little hat if we're not sensitive to saying little goatee, because, and, and I don't I know that we should be sensitive to, to either, because if we're, if we're putting on kid gloves and we're walking on eggshells, that's sort of like patronizing almost, right? So I mean, so I think there's that piece of it, but I had an experience where I did a YouTube live uh, and I did, <laughs> for some reason, I decided, this is my, my crazy mind, Bob, but, um, I have every Thursday I've been doing, let's take our shirts off and talk about. <laughs> so, so take my shirt off, get on the camera. Everyone takes their shirt off. And that doesn't exclude anybody. No, <laughs> well, it's, they can only see me. They don't, they don't have, they're not on camera. So, so, um, so my audience is, is, uh, well, 
it, it was, it, my audience actually on YouTube here was, was 95 or 96% men. Now it's 90% men and 10% women. So it's been, right. it's been, been changing, good. which is good, which is good. It, part of it's because I started dressing in, in, in nicer shirts is what, <laughs> what my wife tells me, but, <laughs> but, um, I was on it and, um, and I, uh, and, and, and people were asking me questions. And then this, this woman asked me a question and my immediate reaction was, Oh, Hey, look, there's a woman in the man cave, right? <laughs> and as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I was like, ah, like, like, and I, was, and, and I asked her and I said, oh, you better have your shirt off too. And, and that, <laughs> that I felt okay. Cause I thought that was funny. And, 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 and most people thought that was funny, but, but the fact that I had called out a woman for being like, like to me, like I was calling out that the fact that this was kind of a man cave cause we all, cause it was like, take your shirts off. And I thought yeah. it was just surprising me that there was a woman here in the, in the take your shirts off, you know, session. So, so that's what I was thinking, but I realized immediately that that could be interpreted as, Hey, look, there's a woman in technology. Let's call her out because she, right. Which, which this was not that. And so I did get an email from, from, from a different woman who said, in, in the, just, just like you said with the little hat story, very nicely, she put it, she explained, you know, you wouldn't say like, look, there's a black guy in here. And I was like, yeah, that, that's true. I wouldn't say that. And so I actually issued an apology, uh, but which is one of the rare times in life. I, I almost never apologize. And, and the reason why is because I think people apologize too much and they're, they apologize because most people apologize in life because they're pressured to do it, mm -hmm. not because yeah. they actually, and so, so I did issue an apology, but I, but I'm, but then you know what happened when I issued the apology, the original woman who, who had, who had, um, who had made, had said the question and who I had called out, she emailed me and she was mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, right. And, and she said, she said, how dare, like, you, she, well, she didn't say how dare you. I mean, she was kind of nice too, but, but she said, you know, you treated like, you should have just stuck with your, like what you said was fine. I thought it was funny with the joke, with the shirts off. I don't care. I'm a woman in tech. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, I know that it, there's mostly men here. And like, I felt like maybe you're walking on eggshells a little bit, or maybe you're like, you know, like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? So the opposite. And so I kind of saw her. So I, you know, I, I kind of walked the line and, and, you know, the reason why I had issued the apology had more to do with my, I felt like my words might've been, my intent might've been mis misunderstood because my advice to guys with dealing with women tech is always, Hey, just treat them normal. Just like, like, just like normal, like <laughs> don't make a thing of it. Don't, 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 don't be overly bending backwards to help them, but because that's patronizing and, and don't be assholes and send them dick pics and stuff like that. Don't do that. Like just, just, just normal, just like it's any other person you're dealing with. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, Oh, look, Hey, it's a Latino guy. Let me go and help this guy. Let me, <laughs> how, Oh, it's cool that you're in tech. I didn't realize Latino guys can program. That's yeah. awesome. Let me help you. Like, it's the same thing. So I don't know. It's, it's, it, I, that's why I say I'm on the fence on it, but. I, I was in Greece the other week, as I said, and, um, um, I was sitting down at, at, uh, dinner with some, uh, Sandro Mancuso, I, I mentioned him before, and and somebody else who was a woman was there, and she was one of the speakers, and we got onto this topic, you know, women in tech and the whole Doug Crockford thing and this and that, and and she said this fascinating thing. She said, "I have a suspicion that the reason I am here and was invited is that they needed to have some women, and that it wasn't because I had earned the." The position 
It's just because I was a woman. And I and she she was upset about this. She said, yeah. if if that's true, it's horrible. Exactly. Uh, and I, you know, I, I could only acknowledge her and say, yes, if that if it were me, if people were inviting me to a, a conference, not because of my ideas and my work, but because of my gender, uh, that would be horrible. <laughs> we see that almost all conferences are doing this now. This is the crazy thing: is that they're actually promoting the fact that they have diver that they're calling it diversity, but it's forced diversity. So that's not diversity at all. That's that's a, that's a social contract of anything. And and then and then and it's, and it's the same. It's exactly what you said because I would question. I would never want to like. And she can't know. Here's the the worst thing about yeah. it is she can't know. There's no way to know whether or not because she met some quota so so would she have gotten invited had she not met that quota had she been a man uh, and, and I and I can talk from direct experience here because when I when I worked at HP there was this this guy I, I'm I'm Turkish and Italian a lot of people think that I'm I'm Latino and and this guy that was Latino he told me he said I was trying to get a job at HP because I was a contractor and he said hey you 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 can get a job because um uh, you, you're you're Latino, so so I that's how I got my job. So so it's really easy for us, man. Like, and he was giving me these details, and I I he was trying to do a, a nice thing for me, but I was like, man, I really hope, I really really hope that if I get a job, that it has nothing to do with, because I, I rather like I would never ever want that. <laughs> you you know what I mean? Like to his mind, it was like an opportunity to take advantage of it, but to me, I'm like, well, I. I want to earn everything I have in life on my own merits. Yes. And, and, yes. and if someone takes that ability away from me, that would really upset me. And, and I feel like in, in a lot of cases, the reason why I'm against the whole diversity thing has nothing to do with, I, I, I love seeing women into, like I said, I, women smell better than men. I, that's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put that down as a fact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would love to see more women on stage and all, all everything, everything in, in the technology field. Of course, most guys would, honestly. But, but I, I would hate to, for it to. I, I would hate for them. The reason why I'm against it is because I hate the fact that that people won't know if they were, if they were, if it was a meritocracy or if it was just, right. hey, you're the right, you're the right. Oh, you're a black woman. Damn. Yeah, that's awesome. We could use you. We we need yeah. to use you, right? I, I just don't, I don't understand how. We need to use you to make us look better. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So let's, um, we're, we've, at this point, we've definitely polarized the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. You know, I hope. Although it was certainly a discussion that was on a particular side. I, I hope people can, can watch this and think, well, you know there are ideas here that I ought to listen to. Yeah. Right? Well, and I don't want to chase anybody away from the discussion. No, no. I think, and, and and you know, and I I say this all the time. You know, some people are are going to be upset, and they're like, oh, you know, John and and Bob, they're racist or whatever, or sexist or whatever. And but you know, if you if you sit down and and you know, I, I think you know, I I can't speak for you, but like. Uh, I I have friends of all like I, I will treat you better than just about any person that I know and I think that probably the same thing from what I know about you Bob is like you treat everyone awesome but I mean that's and that's how I think this is something that we both agree on so I believe we do so let's um let, let's 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 talk a little bit about your your new book if 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 you will because oh, this sure. is, 
this is an exciting thing for me because your books are always so, I just got so a good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't have a copy before. It just came like about three days ago, right? So I got a copy. I'm very excited. So tell me what's what's this what's this one? So uh, there, you know, clean code was awesome. I, I learned how that was one of the books that really taught me to write good code. Like it made it made the, made, the, it made a huge difference in, in my career. And then clean coder the uh, how to act as a as a software developer and how to be a professional. I like that. It was uh, that was good. And now we've got clean architecture. So what where's where why the new book and where does clean architecture go? Uh, clean architecture is the the book that uh, I, I wrote these books out of order, right? So um, okay. the an early book that I wrote was Agile Software Development Principles, Patterns, and Practices, and and in that book I outlined a great deal about software design, um, the, making the the mid level design decisions in an in an application. Uh, and then I wrote Clean Code, and that was all about low-level stuff. Right? You know, how do you how do you name a variable, and a, what size should a function be? And while I was writing Clean Code, there was all of this behavioral stuff that I wanted to put in that book, but I didn't think belonged. So as soon as I shipped Clean Code to the publisher, I immediately started pouring out all of this professionalism stuff into the Clean Coder book. Uh, that was just kind of a convulsion. And then after that, I thought I was done, frankly. I, yeah. This is the magnum opus. I'm done. Uh, I'm not writing another book. And then about five or six years ago, um, I started noticing that the level of dependency on frameworks was growing and growing and growing. And the frameworks were coming out of the woodwork. And as I looked at the code written by, by folks using the frameworks, the code was all about the frameworks and not about the application. The application was incidental to the framework. You look at their code. Oh, this is a Rails app. Oh, that's a, an Angular app or whatever. It's, it's the framework and not the use cases. And that kind of twigged something in the back of my brain. I said, okay, there's... There's another message that I need to write about, and it's the um, the promotion of the business rules and the use cases to first-class software objects. The architecture of a system is about the intent of the system, not about the frameworks and the technology. So that's really what the book is about. And and okay. there's loads of technology in the book. I mean, it's a deeply technical book, but the the purpose of the book is the use of that technology to promote the high-level policies and business rules to first-class software objects and separate from the details and identify what the details are. A lot of people think you know, that the framework is not a detail. All right. the frameworks are details. All the frameworks are tools that you can shove off into the back. You don't want them infiltrating the core of your, of your system. Databases are details. GUIs are details. Uh, dependency injection is a detail. All of this stuff is microservices are details. They're not an architecture. Those are right. things of microservice architecture. Microservices right. are little tools that can that you can use at the bottom to implement the true architecture of the use cases. So, given that rant, that's what the book is about. 
Okay, that I, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. I, as you're describing that, I was thinking about how weird it would be if we're walking around a city and seeing buildings, and we're like, "That's a steel building," and I know because I can see the steel uh, rebar in the the. <laughs> yeah, it's right. like the, the externals of the the, the framework, uh, you know, being the, the thing that's on on display, as opposed to I think good architects in the in the building world hide the. You don't know what's the internal. Doesn't matter. It's, right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the technology is not apparent. A, a good building, the architecture of a good building tells you the intent of the building. Right. You recognize a church. <laughs> it's obviously a church. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely become something, especially with all the JavaScript frameworks that have been popping up here. I, I think more and more developers and it's, it's, you know, especially the younger developers that are just getting into the field or, or anyone getting just into the field, it, they're seeing it as, framework 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 as opposed to the the bigger the higher right. idea of the right. the framework is that detail so so in the book then i would assume then do you outline and show how to create these abstractions but behind the so that you know someone can actually design the architecture of the application so it's somewhat independent of the underlying framework or that thing could change or or are you advocating that level of abstraction or yeah. is it okay it is. yeah so um it, you want to decouple from the framework to the extent that if the framework evolves in a direction that no longer suits your application, you can find a different framework and replace it. And, and the replacement would not necessarily be easy, but it would be possible, right? Right. If, if you're using a database and, you know, at some point the database company goes out of business or the license fees get too large, you should have the option of being able to look around and say, well, there's another database over here and it might be hard, but at least it's possible. I, I've got the boundaries built. I've got the separation to the point where it would be possible. And even if you are never planning on changing out one of these things, it is still a better structure to have your business rules isolated from the whims of whatever's going on in the database or the GUI or the framework so that you right. can claim that your business rules are really pure business rules. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. It was, um, you know, the first time I think I really encountered that where it made a difference was when I was developing, I was developing an iOS and an Android app. This was, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> this was before Xamarin forms. It was, I was using Xamarin, but before Xamarin forms. And I remember, I mean, I, I just, I started taking all the framework stuff and I started putting that into, into its own section, own files and, and making it, you know, some of it seemed a little bit ridiculous, but I, but, it was it was it served a really good purpose because I had to implement the same stuff in Android and I and yeah. there were differences and yeah. so I wanted all of the place where I was coding the logic of the application to be totally neutral. No one even knows that we know what if this is Android or iOS as much as possible. And and it was it was if I hadn't done things that way, I mean it would have been a bunch of if defs and <laughs> oh well, crazy, yeah. You know? yeah, or just a complete rewrite. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think now, now one of the things that I and I've I've always believed that that's the right way to do. It. And it's funny. I think people get carried away. I, I like how you said because I think people get carried away and they're like, well, you know, I need to make sure I can switch out this database. And you can't if you write code in that way. It's it, it, like you said. I think if you you could, it might be hard to do. But at least you've you've encapsulated most of that logic in in some one place where you're operating at a higher abstraction. But what about frameworks like like 
you know, like AngularJS or a lot of these, like I said, JavaScript frameworks where it's so much integrated into the system that, I mean, it's, it, I mean, for, for AngularJS developers, it's, it's almost like th that is the paradigm. Like the, they're, they're, they're so used to, to doing things that way. Do you, how do you see them taking that and separating it out and still being able to pull out, you know, so that they're not, they're not totally working in the framework so that the framework doesn't leak into every part of the application yeah i'm not an expert on how the framework is designed so i really couldn't comment deeply in the technology my my sense and my hope is that it would be possible to isolate the business rule parts of whatever the javascript is doing from the control mechanisms of the framework and okay. a framework that is not designed to allow that is a a framework that in my opinion, has no no long future, right? Because you're going to come right into the problem that you discussed with the Android and the iOS app. Eventually, you're going to want to do this separation for one reason or another. And if the if the framework doesn't allow it, well, then that's a big problem. Now, I, I'm I have a fair bit of experience with something like Rails, and Rails has this sense that it it seems to infiltrate everything. But in fact, it doesn't. If you are careful about it and you look at it as a tool as opposed to a, a, a paradigm, uh, then you can nicely isolate Ruby code, business rule Ruby code from Rails-ish kind of stuff. It's possible. I presume that's true in Angular, but I don't know. I have no experience with Angular. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not very experienced in Angular as well. I just figure that people are going to definitely ask this question based on this because there are a lot of, of angular developers out there now it's um yeah it's it's really really interesting though i i think that uh this this concept because it is it does seem like it's lost now you know i i think i remember back it's been so long since i've written code <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so sad <laughs> don't let this happen you have to write code then you <laughs> I, I'm moving in a different direction with my career. I, I'm 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 pretty much like in the the soft skills guy area. I think of of, of software development, but I, I do miss it. So. But I remember back when I when I was, I remember writing about only two roles of code: that either the code is is logic or it's wiring code, and like you know to separate things out. And I've always tried to design my architectures that way, which uh, which which it sounds sounds very similar. Some concept there. So, um, so what are, are you? Is this is are you are you going to write yet another book after this? What's what's next? Well, see, that's the problem. Um, having written this book, I've identified three more I need to write. I thought oh, I was no. done, you know, and yeah. now I now I realize, oh man, I've got three more I've got to write. So I've got uh, the next one is starting to flow out of my fingers, and then I've got a backlog of several others. So, oh wow, okay. I'll, yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite an undertaking to write a book. So uh, you know, I've about three me. years to write a book. Yeah. So now well, I know what my next nine years are. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got it planned out. Yeah, it took me. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I, I the last book I the, the one that I just just published I did uh, I did it I did it six months. But mine's not a technical book, so it's a little easier to to write things that that flow that you can just write uh, without having to go and, and put all the technical into it. And, uh, and what I did this time was I did an hour a day for six months, just like I just set a Pomodoro timer and, and did that. Well, how do you, how do you do your books? How do you like, do you work in bursts or do you 
do you have oh, do you it's have very bursty that? for me uh, okay. I, I will go through a a week of intense creativity and i'll write two or three chapters and then it'll sit for two or three weeks and then another big burst will come out uh and and this is it's just the way i work yeah um it's also reinforced by the fact that you know one week i'm on the road and then the next week i'm home so uh, my travel schedule makes it very difficult to uh, to write books when you're traveling. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely, definitely everyone who's listening, you should go check out Clean Architecture. Get yourself a copy of it because uh, two or three. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Gift them on the coffee table. <laughs> exactly. Gift them to to other developers that that need it. You know, in laws. In laws love them. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but um but yeah yeah I, I i definitely like it like i said i gotta get a copy get my copy i'm gonna have to order a copy. It, it's it's i've been conflicted because i'm like well man i'm not writing code anymore so but but i'm i'm still i, I don't want to i don't want to get sucked in i have to be i have to be careful <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy i just want to like you know code up it's it's funny running a business and two now because i'm like oh i could code mm, better not <laughs> see that's the one one of the disciplines that i do maintain is that i will write some code every week yeah right? it, no one pays me to write code anymore that that's just not realistic but but i i get my fingers on the keyboard i am writing some kind of code every week i you know i my audience is coders and i have to be a coder yeah no i, I definitely respect that i mean you're you're one of the few people that has been through you know it had continued to maintain that ability to to write code over the 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 length of your career which a lot of people have not <laughs> I, yeah. I mean myself included i mean I, I i i'm not looking down on them because i that myself included so it's it's amazing to see that and, and especially that you, that the things that you've done have changed over the years but um but you know what's remained the same the principles, which is which is also, uh, you know, you're kind of a, a living testament to that. Is that those same principles, the same stuff that you wrote in in your in you know in agile principles, practices, and patterns. I always say it wrong, uh, you know, and 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 clean code still applies, and it didn't matter whether you're doing, uh, you know, Ruby on Rails or when you were doing C Sharp or what, you know, any of those languages. It, did, it didn't matter. That is the case. the The principles remain the same. Um, and primarily because although we use different languages and different frameworks, uh, this is still software and, and software really hasn't changed much in uh, 40 years. Yeah. Hardware has. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with the VR stuff. Have you dabbled in that at all? Uh, only, you know, the, the kind of stuff that you go to a conference and you put the goggles on and land an airplane. Um, okay, that's fun. Yeah, I, it, it, we'll see where this goes. It's right now the I, I haven't been real impressed with the uh, the visual technology. I know it's getting better. Um, I've got some friends who have VR goggles now, and they're you know they're doing it all the time. So it's it's definitely cool. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I wasn't sold on it until I got I got an Oculus Rift as a gift, and then when I put it on and played, I mean the the resolution is not definitely it's not you know yeah. as good as is it as it hopefully will get but when i put it on i was like ah oh, gosh i don't know if i ever want to play a game that's not vr anymore because 
it just it just you know it, I, it was you know it was it was that jump from the viewmaster to like the last time i think i saw vr it was like this nin nintendo had this game boy vr thing and uh and that was not not very good and so yeah yeah i was i was pretty impressed but well um uh definitely um thank you for joining me bob and thank, thanks for being so candid about uh you know about the stuff that's going on i think people just need to hear this stuff and you know whether they agree with us or not it, I, I don't care like it's like let's just have the discussion and let's be yeah. humans and not yeah. like let's not dehumanize people just because they have what we consider to be a vile opinion right you know i mean just... <laughs> I, I do not cop to having a vile opinion <laughs> I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the people that disagree with us. No. Well, okay, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to allow that them to yeah. say, "Well, your opinion is vile," without coming back at them. As my opinions are not vile. Exactly. Exactly. Neither yeah. are yours. I assume, right? So, yeah, we just have something to talk about, and we need to do the talking. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to look at more of the intent of of, of people. <laughs> because words are misplaced uh you know and they may have different meanings definitions change right i mean it depend on the person uh, what, what they mean right but but intent is is usually is usually a little more discernible uh at least you know at least malice is maybe i don't know i don't know let's just give people the benefit of the doubt that's what How I'm about saying. that for an idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I appreciate you being candid about it and talking about this kind of stuff because a lot of people are afraid to talk about this and we need to, we just need to do this because yeah. especially if you're being, you know, we can't let the tactics of bullying be the one that, that wins the day. Because if, if that becomes the, the, the way that the world works is that bullying is, is the way that we, and shaming people is the way that we change things. Uh, I think I'd rather see bloody revolutions than, than bullying and shaming, honestly, but wow. I think I think one leads to the other. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think yeah. So um, definitely, guys, check out uh, Clean Architecture and uh, and clean co cleancoders.com with the S, right? Clean coders. Yes, that's correct. That's where okay. the videos are. I remember from last time that I forgot the S. So oh, cleancoders.com. Bob yeah. has awesome videos, like we're we're saying. He is he's awesome on stage, but also um, if you want to see him dressed up like in in Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, he really takes it to the the dramatic. He's got a flair for the dramatic. So he he creates, and, and you know, and he he does the thing that that I always tell you guys on this channel, which is, you, before you can educate, you have to entertain first. Bob entertains first. So it's not fun. It's not worth doing. <laughs> exactly, I agree with you. <laughs> All right, Bob. All right. Uh, th thanks again for joining, and uh, appreciate it. And uh, I wish you wish you well with with this book and with your with your next next three books for the next nine years. Thanks very much. Same to you. All right. Take care. Right, bye bye. Hey, what's up, John? Here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.